Welcome and thanks for checking out this podcast from First International Christian Fellowship. The following message you are about to hear was carefully crafted with you in mind. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message speaks to you as it did to us. Now here's Pastor Joe Salcido delivering this week's sermon. First John 3.16. Can you switch it for me, please? Okay, there. Oh, I recited earlier John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave. Now, is 1 John 3.16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. This is how we, us believers, know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, period. There's a second part, yes. But for tonight's sake, we're going to see this. We have to love by example. Fathers, how will you ask your children to love you if you don't love them? Parents, how can we ask our children to love us if we cannot give it to them or are not giving it to them? Well, Pastor Joe, it's my duty. I'm doing it. I'm doing my duty. Duty, I'm not saying duty. I'm, I'm saying love is coming from your heart. It's whether you want to or not. It's, if you love somebody, they don't need to tell you to love them. Correct? Just point, uh, for example, can you lower it down a little bit, please? I'm getting my feedback for some reason. Um, for example, you love your, the Hollywood actors, correct? You love some Hollywood actors, no? From the past. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you have, right? From before or now or currently, some actors and actresses, you love them. It's like any movie they make, even though you've seen it 10 million times of the same thing, you'll watch it because you love that certain actor or actress, but they don't know it. They don't know it. They're not even asking you to love them. They just want their paycheck. Right? That's when you know what real love is. They, could, they, they don't even know you. They could care less about you, but you don't care about it. I've seen this many times in the Philippines where people flock on actresses like they're a god. They're like a little god. They're like touching them. Oh, my gosh. I touched him. I touched her. I'm not going to wash my hands for a week. Right? Because they love them so much, they idolize them. Right? And, there's, and then you see here, Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. He gave his life for us while we were his enemies. So how should we love others is the same thing. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters, for parents. And we ought to lay down our lives for our children. Period. Period. Parents, the children, they didn't have a choice to be your children. It wasn't their decision to come into this world. It was yours. Do we agree? Yes. You have to say yes because that's the truth. It's the truth. You don't need to know Bible doctrine, right, because of that. That's common sense. The children, because the children, if they can choose a parent, they probably won't choose us. Do we agree? I think so, 
I think Alonzo would not choose me as his dad if he had a choice. <laughs> right? Because it's not their decision. But because of this, we ought to lay down our lives for our, our children. I'm using this as our introduction to what we're doing. As the heart of the message. It has to be about love. Father's Day, as we celebrate it, a father needs to be loving. Fatherhood was invented by God. And he is the one we have to copy. And if, we're try, if you're trying to figure out how you, to be a good dad, just look at how God has loved you. If you're looking for an example on how to be a good parent, just look at how God has loved you and cared for you and nurtured for you. Now, is it conditional? No, it's unconditional love. So long as you belong to Him after accepting Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, you belong to Him. Even though you remain as a bonehead like me, He continues to love us. He continues to love us. How about us, parents? How about us? Our love is what? Unfortunately, most of the time, it's conditional. Not all, but it's conditional. We put so much pressure on our children. Number one, we put so much pressure on them to perform well. Whether it's in sports, whether it's with their grades, B's are not enough anymore. It has to be all A's. If Alonzo is here, he'll be saying amen. <laughs> we put so much pressure on our children. We want perfection from them that we forget that we were the worst too. We were like them. If not, we were worse. We were worse than them. Parents, we have to do this. And if you are not a parent and you have no children, this is how we need to treat our brothers and our sisters. Sacrificial love. That's the kind of love. It's not what we can get or what you get from your parents or what you can give to your children, not the material things. But it's the love, not duty. Yeah, you're supposed to. You're going to tell me, well, I provide for my children, Pastor Joe. Good, you're supposed to. Don't tell me the things that you're supposed to do. Because unfortunately, love is optional for you. For us to love our children, for us to love our spouse, it's optional. For us to love anybody is optional. And as you read here, we ought to lay down our lives for Christ. You're going to say, well, love by example, I can't, I don't want to lay down my life. Well, I will. I'll die for my children, Pastor Joe. I'll die for them. Okay, how about live for them? How about live for them? How about be the hero, but the living hero, not the dead hero? You, oh, if, you're, if you're big and romanticizing, you know, your death to where you're going to be a hero, you're going to jump on a grenade like me. That's how I, always, I was always, always telling Noemel when we were playing security here. I'm like, all right, man, somebody comes in here, I'll jump on that guy. I'll let him shoot me. That's what I was telling him. I'll let him shoot me. That's the best plan because I'll go to heaven right away. Wow. That's good. That's good. That's so heroic of you. But then when God asked me to lead the church with my life, I'm like, no way, Lord. I'll die for you, but I don't want to live for you. I don't want to give up everything that I want, that I enjoy, that I continue to enjoy. I don't want to give that up. I want to continue this life, selfish life, and enjoy heaven later. That's what I want to continue. That's what I wanted to do. But praise God. Praise God that he continues to clear his will to us. 
so long as we're willing. If you have at least an inch of truly wanting to know what God wants for you, if you have an inch, an inch of sincerity in that wanting, He will reveal it to you. Because that's all He needs. It's a little bit. So let's continue. So love by example. For parents, we need to love by example. Sacrificial love. Sacrificial love. Nobody's asking you to die for your children. As a matter of fact, they want you to live for them. They want you to give your life to them. Spend time with them. All right? Next one. 1 John 3.1. God calls us His children. This is one of the most amazing things. I know this is for many of us, this is a review. This is what I'm not saying anything new here. I'm Captain Obvious, right? See how very much our Father loves us. For he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. The biggest difference, the biggest difference of believers from unbelievers is we get to call God the Father, the creator of the universe, as our Father. And he, in return, calls us his children. Does that even hit you? Or do you have that entitlement already? Like, well, of course, I accepted him as my Lord. Well, good. If that is true, if that is truly true, how are you living your life? How are you walking on this earth knowing that you are one of God's children? The truth of the matter is, for the fathers here, is that God has given us Everything. We, we don't have any excuse, guys. For a Christian father, the Christian fathers that are here, we have no excuse. Because God has shown us everything, revealed to us everything on how we can be the father that he wants us to be for our children that he has blessed us with. And for us believers, if you have no children, you are still called to live your life worthy of his name. Because he calls us children. He calls us children. It's like having the president know you by name. And you have him on your speed dial. Because you are one of his. Correct? Look at your favorites. It's your parents. It's your children on your cell phones. Correct? Don't look at your cell phone right now, but correct? (laughs) It's there, right? The people that are on your recent calls, hopefully are your family, the people that you truly love. I'm pretty sure my mom has me there. <laughs> right? <laughs> she has me there. And I have her on my, my, my call list, my favorites, right away. Because you belong to each other. So, I, I, I know this is like the obvious, right? God calls us to children. So for those of us who are struggling with you know, you have a father issue because your dad is not, you know, the dad that you dreamt, you dreamt up. Or the, the, the movie that you saw, you're like, man, my dad's never like that. Why is my dad never like this? The, he, he never gave that longing, that love that you've been longing for. Just know that God the Father, the creator of the universe, the creator of all things, continues to pursue 
an intimate relationship with you. Because especially if you've accepted his son, he now calls you his child. Isn't that amazing? Amen? Are you awake? Did, I, did that, move, did that uh, video take all your energy out so we do the shaking part? Should we eat first and come back here? <laughs> I'm thinking maybe we should switch out. Because sometimes I see you guys more active on pop bless than... I'm no, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I don't expect you to be moving anyway. All right, next. Instructions to the parents. Fathers. You know this word father here is the same Hebrew word that they use, or Greek word that they use in Hebrews 11.23. It's, it's, uh, so fathers is patea. Pater. Pater is like airpots, you know, the, in the Philippines. Pater. Father or parent. So if you're a mom right now and you're thinking, oh, that's his responsibility. No, really, it's, it's both of you. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Exasperate, frustrate, get angry, make angry, irritate, right? I think I irritate my son a lot, but fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Now, there's a challenge. If you don't know the instructions of the Lord, what are you going to train him with? If you yourself are not intimate with God, what are you going to train your child with? Guess what? You're going to train him or her with the things that you've learned in the world that actually has hurt you. That's actually led you astray for many years. It has brought you to trouble. But you're thinking, no, I've learned from that mistake. So I'm going to teach that same thing. I've learned from that, so hopefully. No, if you know the instructions of the Lord, that's the only time you can train your child. Now, parents, are you reading the Word of God, the Bible, the inspired Word of the Lord? You claim to be a Christian, right? You claim it. You have the shirt. You have the status. It's your about me on your social media platforms. But are you reading the Word? Do you know His Word? Are you spending time here? Because it's needed. It's needed. You have to train them in the instruction of the Lord. Not your wisdom, but God's wisdom that you, that you can pick and learn here. So fathers, the challenge, parents, the challenge is, other than knowing that you need to train them in the Lord, and training in the Lord is just not bringing them over here on Tuesdays and let them let Mikey train them, right? right? Bring them on Friday Bible study groups or Saturday Bible study groups or Sundays. Those are part of the training, but it's more on you. Because supposedly, hopefully, you are with your children more than we are, Right? Hopefully. Well, my children, are, they're not, they don't want to be around me anymore. Well, that's true, right? It happens. When they get older, they don't want to be around their parents. But that's just, an ex that's just a proof right there that you didn't establish a, an intimate relationship with your children. Because I know of, of older children that continues to be wanting to be with their parents. In every trip that their parents go to, they want to be with them. I think those are smart children because they know their parents will pick up the bill for one, right? 
right? They know. They know. If I'm going to go with dad, he's paying. <laughs> but there are times when children would rather not, they would, they would pay their own way just not to be with you. Because parents, I'm, 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 because it's everything. It's for everybody, father and mother. If you have not established that relationship with your children from the, from the beginning, it's, it's kind of hard. It's challenging. But there, there's hope in Jesus. Amen? There's hope in our faith. If you're going to start completely and thoroughly and completely in love with the Lord and train yourself first in the instruction of God, learn the word, learn the doctrines, learn your faith. Be in love with God. Love by example, and then lead by example. And they will see it. If they don't see you being a hypocrite, you know, you're a one, one person, one face on Sundays with the people at church, and you're completely the opposite at home, right? They will fall in love with God too. Bless you. It happens. I do it here. Here, Proverbs 22.6, training and instructions of the Lord. We see here in Proverbs 22.6, it says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, old he will not depart from it. Now, there's a big um, misunderstanding here. People think once they, you know, suffocated their children with the word of God, that their children will finally live a holy life. No, that's wrong. The, that's a wrong understanding of this verse. The responsibility for us is that we just show them. We train them in the word of God. Because if you know your doctrine, that your child has their own free will. They have their decision. They have their own decision to whether obey God's word not so if you think this is like a ma magic spell that you can oh let me just do this so i'll have a good child no because we've heard of pastor pastor kids right pastor kids or that, that have you know lived the, the the crazy life unfortunately so you're thinking well you you know the pastor did he train him in the way he should go if you're, if, you're, if you're thinking negatively, if you're thinking, well, maybe he didn't train him enough, then you probably are not a parent. Because a child, as many times, as, as much as you try to tell them over and over and over again, they will what? Still choose to do the opposite. Just look at yourself. Just look in the mirror and then tell me if I'm right or wrong. Because if you are going to be honest, you know the right and wrong. From the very beginning, especially when God has opened your eyes to the truth of God. But yet what? You still do the things that you're not supposed to do. Right? Some of us, we still lie. If you say no, you just lied. Yeah, it's a catch-22. <laughs> Some of us, we're still not obedient. Right? The Bible says, do not overwork yourself to get rich. Right? The Bible says that because it's not a command. It's just telling you that you have to live your life for the Lord. Seek Him first, His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
but we're really living our lives for the added unto you part. We want everything. We want the world to be added unto us. We want the world. We spend our lives more for the world to attain everything. Well, Pastor Joe, there's more peace when there's more money. There's peace at the house when there's money. My wife is, is you know, she's silent if there's money. <laughs> my husband, my husband, Pastor, if, if he's working, there's peace at the house. So he needs to continue to work. That's why I put him to three jobs. So there's peace at the, at the house. I make him work overseas so I don't have to see him. But sometimes we, we know instructions. We know it's so cut and clear, but we just still stray. But when it comes to our children, we're so strict. It's like we're walking the perfect line all the time. Like how many times do I have to tell you? Oh, wow. And then God is saying, how about you? Did you just hear yourself? Did you just hear yourself? Parents, this is a big challenge. This is a big challenge. Let me just read what I, come, uh, I saw here. This proverb provides strong motivation for a parent to provide proper education. The way they should go is defined by the values and principles in Proverbs. But what exactly does the second part of the proverb tell us? Proverbs does not give promises. Rather, it tells us the best course to a desired end. All things being equal. Of course, children are more likely to be godly if they are trained in such a way. Isn't that the truth? If you have introduced them the faith, if you have discussed with them about Jesus, about the truth about God, they have more, their chances of being, of being in a relationship with God is, is highly likely than not. But unfortunately, most of us sometimes because of our double life that we have. We have Sunday faces and the Monday to Saturday faces. It drives the children from the faith. We become parents. We become a stumbling block. The first job of a parent for God, do you know what it is? Is to bring your children to the Lord. That's it. You want to simplify it, that's it. You don't want to do anything else for God. Make sure your children know God. That's the first. If you think that's easy, then you probably don't have any children. Because it's hard. Because it's their own decision. But it starts here. You train them up in the way of the Lord. And if they choose to stray away from it, the word of God resonates in their minds, in their hearts. I know of people who had relationship with, their, with, with the Lord before, was it, oh, never have a relationship now. They don't have a relationship with the Lord now. But their, their parents introduced the faith to them. Oh, I used to go to church with my parents. Yeah, I think I need to go back to church now. I think I need Jesus now. So they know of Jesus. They know what they're lacking. They know their decision. They know they went to the left. They know they strayed because their parents introduced them to the faith. Because there are many things. There's many factors why a child will go astray. First is the peers. They could be running with the wrong crowd. Correct? 
Unfortunately, now it's just not the wrong crowd. They could be watching a show that you are not aware of because you've used the TV as another babysitter. You have to know that a lot of shows that are out there, most of them, 90, I want to say 99% of them, is to indoctrinate them. These people that don't believe in God, they have an agenda too. Their agenda is to justify their lifestyle and in order for them to do that, they want to influence someone else. And if they could just have the entire world live like them, they won't feel so bad about their evil life. Just watch the shows. You know what I'm talking about. The, the guys, the married couple that are faithful to each other are the boring ones. They're the laughable ones. They're the ones that are promiscuous. They're the colorful ones. The ones that cheat on their wives. They're the cool dad. They make parents stupid now. I'm going to use that word. Yeah, they make, the, the parents are laughable with the shows. I know it because my children watch it. I'm like, what? Stop watching that. You know, because you don't know. It's disguised as a children's show or a children's movie, but it's to undermine the parent. But what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you training your child? Are you training yourself? Let's start with that again. Train yourself. Are you raising yourself? Are you learning with our faith in order for you to pass along what you've learned? You can't get what you don't have. Do we agree? All right, let's continue. Live by example. 1 John 3, 2, 3. Well, we do know that we will be like him. Jesus, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as he is pure. Believers, stop justifying. Stop justifying your, your sinful life. Yes, we are saved by grace. The bad decisions that some of us continue to do has been paid for, correct? But there is no way you can tell me that it's okay. Because the Bible says it's not. We are to be like Christ. So we need to live our lives as pure as Christ, as much as we can. Stop justifying your sinful life. Fathers, you have a great responsibility. People would rather learn from you by seeing it than just by hearing it. Do we agree? When we share Christ to our co-workers or our friends, they want to see if we're living that. Because they know, whether you like it or not, or whether you know it or not, they know about Jesus. Some of them like, like Jesus. Some of them hate Jesus. But once you share Jesus to someone, they're looking if they can see Jesus through you. Not just by your words, but by your life. And again here, everyone who sins is breaking God's law. For all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins. And there is no sin in Him. Anyone who continues to live in, in, in Him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know Him or understand who He is. It's as plain and simple as that. Believers... Unfortunately, we're going to make mistakes. We're going to sin. 
here and there. God knew it. That's why he secured it with the death of Jesus on the cross, with the payment of his blood, his, the perfect sacrifice. But it doesn't justify that you continue to live a sinful life. Because it's right here. Anyone who continues to live in Jesus will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him. Or understand who Jesus is. Right there, that's the key is understand. Again, there's a lot of study. For you to understand, you have to be studying the word. You need to be looking into the doctrine. If you have the wrong doctrine, then you're living incorrectly. You are saved, but you're incorrectly living. <laughs> Is that even a word? I know it's possible, but I don't know if it's a word. <laughs> if, it, if it's grammarly correct. How do we really, and I, this is me. This was me for a long time. I accepted Christ as my Lord. I enjoyed the grace. I knew about the promise of heaven. I knew that I could not lose my salvation, but I did not want to give up my sinful ways. And unfortunately, if you do that, you become useless for the kingdom of God. I have a cute bonsai at the house. I bought it for $20 from this guy at the road. But it's just, it's a tree. But it's a small tree. I have it right here. I can carry it with my palm. I water it two minutes once a week. I immerse it in water and I take it out and I put it just to look good on my coffee table if Anna doesn't touch it because she moves it. But it's a small thing. It's cute. Do you just want to be cute? You know, if you, some of you are like, yeah, why not? <laughs> been a while <laughs> but the point is we are we are saved for us to be a blessing to others and that doesn't mean just one don't you want to see what God can do through you and he will not do so if you're going to continue to live on the disobedient life he won't he won't he can't because he cannot be with sin some of us are just comfortable. Some of us are comfortable with our, with our small pond that we don't want to go out in the ocean. There's so many things out in the ocean. For those of you who have experienced the cruise, I'm pretty sure you know what I'm talking about. But those of us who just stayed here in Reno, we don't know what it means. Right? You see McCarran, the loop, that's it. That's the entire world. But we're, some of us, there's no problem if you're comfortable with that, but there's a problem with it if it's spiritual. When it comes to Jesus, we got saved. We, that payment cost Jesus his life, and that's not to be taken for granted for. Fathers, you were given a gift. Parents, you are given a gift to have children. Some people never had it, but prayed for it and tried to pay for it, but never still didn't get it. But for us, we take it for granted. Children are a blessing. And, but we have a responsibility, responsibility to live by. So we need to live by example. 
We need to live a holy life. Here's an example of somebody who lived, who loved by example, who lived by example, and he led by example. This is Abraham. Please turn your Bibles to Deuteronomy. If that's Jesus, please tell him I'll call back. <laughs> I'm kind of busy right now. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 11. <laughs> All right, Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament. If you have your Bible, is your Bible apps too? Please look at this because this is oh, this is not by Abraham. Okay, sorry. This is uh, this is to Moses. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart. God speaking. You shall. You need to do it in your heart, not your children's. Yours first. This is the instructions to the parents. In your soul, and bind them on your hand, and they shall they shall be let's between your eyes. You sh you shall teach them to your children. Speaking of them, you shall be talking about it when you sit in your house, when you walk. By the way, or right here when you're driving, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Basically, the whole day, the whole time. And it's your responsibility. Not just the podcast that you turn on when you're driving. The children need to hear it from you. About your faith with God. About how God has rescued you from your mistakes before. How God has blessed you tremendously every day, day in and day out. They need to hear it from you. They, the children are not mind readers. Although I think mine's are, mine are. They're not mind readers. We need to be talking about it. We need to be saying it. We need to be living it. We need to be the one doing it. We need to be studying the word. We can't just rely on other people. It's us. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your strength. The first greatest commandment. How are we doing this as parents? How are we doing it as parents? Fathers, we are failing in this. We are failing in this. You know the statistics? I know I showed this the last, the last time, but it pays to repeat it. I think it's crucial. Because there's been a, a rise, of, um, rise on teenage suicide, unfortunately. Because... They just feel so much pressure and they don't have any hope that things will get better. It says here, this is from fatherless homes, okay? Uh, let me read to you number four. A study of 263 13 to 18-year-old ad adolescent women seeking psychological services found that the adolescents from father-absent homes were three and a half times more likely to experience pregnancy than were adults or adolescents from father-present homes. Moreover, the rate of pregnancy among adolescents from father-absent homes was 17.4%. Could, 
compared to 4% rate in the general adolescent population. A study of 1,618 Latina high school students found that lower perceived father support is a predictor of suicidal, suicidal tendencies and behavior. Fathers, you are greatly needed. Godly parents, you are greatly needed. That's why I called Don here earlier. I know he doesn't have a, a, a son here or a daughter here, but he serves as much as us, all of us. We serve to someone, someone out there, whether we like it or not, as that person's father or mother. Especially if they know that we are a believer, that we have God in us, and they don't. They're, hope, they're looking for hope. They're seeking for hope from someone. Let it, let it that be you. But I know when you're sinning, when we're sinning, we feel discouraged. Because that's what the enemy does. He wants to discourage us. He wants us to be useless. He wants us to feel the guilt of our sin and not be useful. See, you haven't changed. You can't do anything. You can't do anything right. But there's a great need for us. For us to learn the word, to live the word, to live by the word. I'm not just saying share the gospel, although that's key. But to even make yourself available. To be aware of the need. Because this is what we need to live our lives with. This is what we need to live our life for. We give our all to God. But we're, our society is just trying to accumulate things. Material things. Material things over and over again. It's one house after another. It's one car after another. It's one trip after another. People are so hopeless there. They need Jesus. They need to see Jesus in our lives. The children, they need the parents. They need their parents to be consistent. Not just Bible bashing, verse bombing, but we need to be living it too. Do we agree? Yeah, you can easily verse bomb somebody, right? Verse bomb is just throwing them a verse. Bang. And then you're like, oh, okay, I guess I have to understand. But you, you don't live it. If the children can truly be honest with you, they'll, they'll tell you that. How about you? Are you doing that? If they're allowed to. If not a death threat comes after that, oh, you can talk back. Are you sure you're... <laughs> Please turn your Bibles to Genesis 22. Now it truly helps that the video was lighthearted, wasn't it? Because the message is kind of really heavy, right? <laughs> Abraham, this is the story about Abraham, a part of his story. But this Abraham was born in Ur of the Chaldees when his father Terah, who was 130 years old, was decided to move his family which includes his grandson, Lot, 
his son Abram and his wife Sarai or Sarah um, were moved. They they were uh, they were asked to move when he was seventy five years old. They left Haran and took the family to the land of Canaan, which is in obedience to God's command. You will read that in Hebrews eleven nine. So the first point there is. He obeyed God. Parents, the children need to see that we are obedient to God. They need to see it. So let's read this. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham Abraham, and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then God said, take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. The promised son was now being asked by God to be a sacrifice. Do you know the weight of that? Parents, if you love your children, you know how much this will not happen for you, right? You're like, oh my gosh, Lord, don't let this happen to me. Now for me, unfortunately, every now and then, don't, God doesn't ask me to sacrifice Alonzo or Gianna, right, as a burnt offering. But every now and then, God takes me to do His work away from my children, my family. And that's okay. And that should be okay. For the parents here that idolizes your children, that you want to shelter them, that you want, they're like your little gods, that you think your life is just for them and later with God. It's the same thing how you worship your spouse. That if your things are not going well with your spouse, you stop worshiping God too. That's how you idolize your relationships. Here, the promised child, the promised son, was now being asked by the person who blessed him in the beginning, to begin with anyway, to make him a sacrifice. After waiting for him for many years, for many years, after a big screw-up here, right? Remember the screw-up? Because there was, a, there was a wife here in this story. Behind this story, there was a wife, right? There was a wife that said, hey, you know what? That promise that God has told you, it's not going to happen. I got a better idea. Why don't you sleep with, take my, my, my servant and have a baby with her. That turned out well for her, right? That turned out well for us. Up to now, we're suffering the consequences from that bad decision. Parents, your children are depending on your decisions for them. Every right decision you make, they experience blessing. Every wrong decision you make, they experience the consequences, whether you like it or not, whether you intend to do that or not. The truth here is, the beauty here is, Abraham was walking ever so closely with God after making a big mistake with the Lord to doubt, because he doubted too. He submitted to his wife, which is wrong. Right? He goes, oh, great idea. Let me sleep with your maidservant. Right? Why would Abraham, why did he do it? Because guys, what? Sometimes we'd rather listen to our wives, huh? Than be in an argument. 
even though we know it's against God's will? I don't see any shaking head there. You guys are scared. Huh? Don't look at me. Don't look at me. She's right here. Sometimes, right? Because it's so clear. God told Abraham, I will give you a son with Sarah. But Sarah said, hey, it's not coming. It's not happening. Because the promise wasn't given to her. Is that why? Because Abraham wasn't bold enough to stand for God's will. But you'll see the change here. When he grew in his relationship with God, after that mistake, he grew. He started growing his relationship with the Lord. He knew who God is more and more. And he became the man that he became here. So Abraham rose early in the morning. No procrastination. No, I'll pray about it. Let me call the prayer warriors first. Let me call Pastor Joe. Let me see if this is God's will. No, it was so clear. He knew God spoke to him. He knew what God wanted. So early the next morning. It's the same thing with David. When David said, I'm going to kill this Philistine, he went running to him. If God calls you to do something, you do it early the next morning. You do it right away. Right now. Pronto. Pastor Charles would have loved that, but he's not here. <laughs> right away, with no delay. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. I don't care what you tell me. I'll do it later. Sure. You'll do it later. I'll do it when I retire. Sure. You know you're going to retire, huh? <laughs> the government's working against that plan. <laughs> the world is going is to continue to tell you more, more, more. That's so why you're going to continue to work because you want more and more and more. The appetite that you're building, if it's for the appetite of the world, you're going to get trapped in his lie, the world's lie. Because God's truth doesn't change. If you live his, your life for him, there's a blessing behind it. Amen? Have you found anywhere in the Bible that there's retirement? Then Abraham retired. <laughs> Lived happily ever after. <laughs> Moses, at the end of his life, wanted to enter the promised land. But because of his big mistake, was told, no, you can't go. But I'll let you take a peek. I'll let you take a peek. Is that all you want to do in your Christian life? You just want to take a peek? You just want to take a peek on how God can use you, on how awesome he can use you. You don't want to be a part of the battle? Guess what? You're already a part of the war. You're part of the war whether you like it or not. The, the bottom line is you're losing your battles. Don't you want to win your battles? And Because you're already part of the war. You're part of God's war. Whether you like it or not, you're part of it. The unfortunate thing is you're losing your battles. Because you don't want to trust Him. You don't want to live your life for God. You want to live your life for you. Stop lying. Start admitting it. You want to continue to live your selfish life. You want to spend all your 75 years, if you get 75 years, you want it for yourself. That's why you're not growing in the faith. That's why God's not blessing you. That's why completely, God's not, you, there's so much more for you. There's so much more for us. I know it. I can't believe that the simple obedience, simple obedience to God, 
can, can make me hear my mom say, I surrendered my life to Christ, and my life has changed forever. Whew. Onion ninjas. I prayed for my mom many years, for many years after I accepted Christ. She was one of the people that didn't love the idea of me being a believer. She felt like it was such a big betrayal to our family and to her. But last night at her 70th birthday party, in front of everybody, she said, but I have Christ now. I've changed. She knows it. And I was, I was joking around with her because a part of that, there was a deal that happened there. But those of you guys didn't know, we have to come here to the Philippines. So that's part of her gift. You know? So I told her, okay, so what if the world ends before your trip to the Philippines? And you know what her answer was? And so what? Please, God is in control, right? God knows better. That's, my, that's a miracle for me. For me, that's a miracle. And see here, so Abraham rose early in the morning because Abraham knew God was in control. God, was in, God is in control. If God is telling you, live your life for me. Stop living it for yourself. Stop living it for the world. Live your life for me. Your action should be rose early in the morning. In the morning. Saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. There was more, let me talk to the wife. A lot of you guys, when I talk to you, I go, hey, can we do this? You want to do this for the, or let me ask my wife. You see it? You want to be like Abraham? No, I don't. I have to ask the wife. <laughs> There's no talking to the wife. It's not, let me look at my schedule. Because God, Abraham knew God spoke to him. Even if he didn't like the idea. What was the idea? To sacrifice the promised son. Most of us, we don't want to move forward with the Lord because we know what's being asked from us. What's being asked from us is where we have to live our life now for him, not for our family. And we're scared of that. We're scared of that. I was scared of it. I continue to be scared of it. I live my life day by day. Because Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own problem. For today has its own problems. Worry about today. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father... And he said, here I am, my son. Our children, parents, our children have questions about our faith. The people that are around you that God has given you to be responsible for and to share the truth to them, they have questions. Isaac has a question here. And you know it. If you know the story, you know what the question was. The question is, we have, look, the fire and the wood. Where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Abraham answered Isaac, Parents, if you are an absentee parent, how can you answer 
the question sincerely. If you don't know God's will, how can you answer your children's questions about our faith? If you are not studying your word, how can you answer the questions that's being presented to you by your co-workers that you're trying to share your faith to? How can you answer questions, period? Abraham was asked, where is the offering? We have everything here. Abraham loved God. That's why he obeyed. Because our obedience, if we love him, we obey his commands, correct? And he's living it. Took early the, early the, the next morning, he took everything else. He's living it. And then he led by answering, My son, God will provide. God will provide. God has provided for all of us here. Amen? Amen. Some of you are like, No, not yet. <laughs> I still don't have that car, Pastor Joe. That big black Escalade with the 22s. <laughs> That's your one. That's not your need. But if you have, do you have all your needs? Okay, praise God, Edgar. You have all your needs. Do we have all your needs? Do you have all your needs? Has God provided all your needs? Your answer is amen. If you're here in this country, more than likely your answer is yes. God has provided. Because some of the believers in the Philippines, most of the believers in the Philippines, there's, you know, they're worshiping. At a church with no walls. They just have a roof. They just have a roof. And they need a pastor who speaks loud because there's no microphone. Because there's no electricity. So when it starts raining like today, and then there's no cement on the ground, it's dirt, guess what happens to their feet? Talk about washing each other's feet. <laughs> but they go there because they love God. They go there. They walk many. They don't even have a car. They commute. They walk for many hours. They go through traffic because of pollution in the Philippines. They could care less. But because of their love for God, they go and worship. But us here, American believers, American Christians, we're busy. We're busy, Pastor Joe. We're busy. I had to do something. I had to fix the car. I had to do the yard. I bought a big yard, praise God for the yard. <laughs> praise God for the car, but then, you know, I had to fix it. And we say, we say praise God for the things we have, but then we don't praise Him on the day that He tells us to praise Him. How about that? But you said, we say, we, God has provided. God has provided all things. God has provided for you to be healthy, but how many, how much of your health, how much of your life have you given to God? We know of Sister Liz. Sister Liz is, is not here tonight. She's in the hospital. But she'd rather be here. And you've seen that. With wheelchair and everything. You know, when, she's, when I'm preaching and she's at the back, she gets double vision because of her medicine and her condition. She has to cover one of her eyes. So she, won't, she will see me because I move a lot. Right? So she has to do this. Most of you guys have double vision because you do this. <laughs> Did you guys see it here? Is this <laughs> your double vision? You close both of your eyes. Now, see that take, takes care of it. <laughs> now, for some of you guys are tired, that's okay. For some of you guys are sick, that's fine. Praise God that you are here. But for some who are healthy, for some of us who are healthy, I wonder what will happen to you if you're sleeping at work. If you're caught sleeping at work, what will happen? The best thing is a write-up. 
right? The worst thing is you're terminated. But for God, our God, where we spend all our... What happened here? Okay. <laughs> is it time? It's, uh, that's their way of telling me we're done. You've gone over. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we are under attack right now, so pray. Okay. So Abraham said, my son, God will provide for, you, for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. And you know the rest of the story. The one thing too is, God provided that lamb to be sacrificed in replacement of Isaac because God saw, Abraham proved that he loved God over his promised son. For us, for most of us, we still have to answer that question. Do we love him more than the things that he has blessed us with? Do we love him above and beyond the blessings from him that we are enjoying right now? Some of us, we still have to answer that question. Because for Abraham, he answered it and God provided the offering. And you know, in that same mountain, in that same mountain, Jesus was crucified to die on the cross as the birth, as the perfect sacrifice for our sins, your sins and mine. That doesn't, if that doesn't deserve your attention and your dedication, and if that doesn't drive you to be obedient in gratitude of, of that action and that sacrifice, I don't know what will. I really don't. You can sit in many preachings and you can hear the best preacher, but if that doesn't move you to obedience, I don't know what will. I don't know what will. Because that's the truth. God provided for you and me the perfect sacrifice for your sins and mine. But yet we still have to find out if we're willing to sacrifice what God requires of us. And for most of us, for most of the time, it's our will. It's our right to ourselves. Christianity is not to be about being happy. We were not saved to be happy. We were saved to be a blessing to God. We were saved to be a living sacrifice for God. We were saved to glorify Him and to be a pleasing aroma to Him. I pray, church, that as we continue in the, this year, it's half the year already. And so for some of you, for some of us, we still have to be good with our New Year's resolution that I'm finally going to be obedient to God. This is the year. This is it. Well, it's June 17, 2018. It's the mid-year. It's half time. I pray that, that you will answer that question with your action waking up early the next morning and ready to give up what God is asking you to give up to Him. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank You for 
your message, Lord God. And Father, again, we thank you for all the fathers here, the parents that are here, your believers that are here, Lord God, your people. I pray, Lord God, that your message will ring through, resonate in their minds and in their hearts the entire week. I pray, Father, we will stop playing church, Lord God. I pray that we will stop just enjoying the name and the title of Christian. I pray, Father, that it will be real. That we are going to live our lives glorifying you. That our obedience will be in action right away, Lord God, not later. Father, I pray for blessings for everyone here. I pray for restoration for those who are broken. I pray for, for healing for those who are sick. I pray for protection for the relationships that are, are here, Lord God. I pray for, for protection for the attacks of the enemy. I pray, Lord God, that uh, you give us all the wisdom to know what to do and what not to do. I pray that we will have the desire, Lord, to learn more about you in order for us to instruct people, instruct our children by your word and the people that you give towards us. Forgive us, Lord, for the many times that we've failed you. But we thank you for your grace and your mercy that is new every morning, Lord God. And I pray that we will ask for forgiveness as we ask for forgiveness for our sins, Lord God. We will move forward in obedience the next day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's the end of today's message. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and want to support our mission of reaching others, help grow our ministry by visiting ficfreno.com slash give. To get the latest updates from our channel, hit the subscribe button. Visit our Facebook page by clicking the link below to let us know how God is moving in your life. <laughs>